girls would have left too. Right. After a while, me, Dave, and Russell, this other uh, part of our crew, were 15. We w- went to Max's Kansas City and we'd get beers, play music on the jukebox, and we felt accepted. And we didn't need my sister there anymore. Right. But that was kind of how we got it started. When we heard that a band called The Stimulators from New York City had a song with the mantra, loud, fast rules. Now, I heard people say, it had to be something more than, than that. No, it wasn't. Play punk rock, but play it louder and faster. Right. And then you open up the Village Voice, the Bad Brains are playing, you know, uh, um, Central Park. You show up, they're wearing zoot suits, and they're covering Paranoid, and they're playing it a little faster, and it's cool. Yeah, um, sure. There's a guy, Al, uh, Uptown Al, yes. um, that videotapes yes. bands. And I know Al. I remember shout seeing Al. some band, um, shout out to Al, I remember seeing... Uh, I, I had Manhattan Cable, so I got to see it. And I saw a band from the 90s covering Paranoid and telling their crowd, you know, we just did it as a joke. And all I could think of is that song ain't a joke, but now your band is a joke in right. my eyes, right. you know. Yeah. So I, I know the original New York hardcore scene had some things that somehow kind of got diverted or diluted. And I think the one of the first things was individuality, you know, especially when you had the Bad Brains, the Beastie Boys, Kraut, Reagan Youth, and you have to understand something. And you know what's crazy? What? Is that a lot of people never, ever, it's the first time, I think, on this podcast, whenever we're talking about hardcore in general, whether old school and now, no one ever mentions the Beastie Boys. No. Because they're a rap band, but, right. the, you but know, what they started out right. as, come on, you know, listen to Pollywogs too and tell me that's not a punk rock record. Like, ridiculous. Their first gig, their first real gig was opening up for Reagan Youth, and then we played with them like 20 times. Dave and Mike Diamond got very tight. Right. One rehearsal, Dave comes and he has a big black eye. What the fuck happened? And, uh, you know, I was hanging out with the Beastie Boys and their friend and this guy, Dante, accidentally, accidentally, dude, you know, that looks like a one-game suspension if you're, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. playing hockey or something, but but they were never tight ever again. Right. And um, I like the Beastie Boys. I just went to see their uh, book tour at the town hall. Right. And I got their book. And uh, nothing nothing made me happier than when I was driving in a car and I heard from a major rock station like K-Rock saying, all right, uh, here's the Beastie Boys. Wait, the Beastie Boys? Like the Beastie Boys? And they play, you know, kick it. That was so cool. And then again, you have those other moments where you hear Howard Stern saying, you know, uh, all these people call me up asking me why I don't play Murphy's Law. Murphy's Law sucks. I mean, my heart dropped down at the bottom of my stomach. That's what Stern said? Yeah, that's what Stern said, and I heard it on radio when he said it. See, that's not cool. Um, Well, he's not cool. Listen, I love love Roger. He's not not exactly the deepest person either when he said uh, American Sniper was a great movie. Anytime you demonize little children, forget about demonizing grown-ups, but demonizing little children now, and you're 
giving it the rah-rah treatment, yeah. especially in this in this movie's the account of a certified liar. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know the whole story behind that. Yeah, he punched out Jesse Ventura, right? I know, yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. and by when he came back home, someone know, tried to rip off his, uh, his um, you know, uh, pickup, and he killed those four guys, and the cops were like, cool, you know, you had to blow up steam. And, yeah. And, you know, he was, what else? He was picking off... Uh, um, looters, you know, with his sniping skills. Yeah. Uh, and you make a movie about that piece of shit. Yeah. I know he's a human being. I shouldn't be calling anyone a piece of shit, but. Well, just, just, just the yeah. fact that Stern was just like Murphy's Lost Socks is just like that's no, that, that that's not good. Um, how dare you? <laughs> it, it was the exact opposite of how I felt when I heard. Um, Right, uh, your right to party, you know, right. the exact opposite. Uh, he also said, "It's probably my least uh, favorite it was, listen, song ever." But yeah, and listen, there's um, <laughs> there was also another hardcore band. This guy, uh, Gary Mitchell from Crucial Truth, right, had a biker band called Circus of Power, and of um, of Howard Stern. Yeah, yeah, I like Circus Power. I like, and then uh, Circus Power sucks. <laughs> and you know what? Uh, how you know Howard Stern fan know how to cackle with the best of the hyenas. Of I don't know how to say that. Yeah. <laughs> now I want to explain something to you about Reagan Youth and your hardcore. Yeah, we are part of that what, original... What year did Reagan Youth get formed and how did it get formed um, and where did it get all formed? Alright, uh, we started... And me, me and Dave uh, were little kids and like I said, my sister was like, here, you have to be punk rocker. Got me the cool leather jacket. Dave knew more about music than my sister who was three years older than us. Right. Back then, um, the place to go would be Madison Square Garden because 50 or 60 times that year, Madison Square Garden was packed to the gills sure. with people selling bootleg this, drugs, that, to go see these amazing bands that, I mean, that was the height of, that's when rock and roll peaked. I remember seeing a documentary where um, uh, Sam Cooke died and the guy said, there were so many people here it was it was like a rock concert. Yeah, no one would say that now. Right. Like it was like a million man march or something. But that's what <laughs> yeah. it was like. Right. And then you kind of feel disenfranchised being that little kid and seeing a tiny little figure of Steve Howe ripping solos when you're up top. Right. First concert I ever saw at Madison Square Garden, Kiss, and when I saw Ace Frehley barely standing up, just playing nothing but ripping solos, I said that's the exact opposite what my dad does. My dad works two jobs, superintendent and a roofer, and being a lead guitar player looks like the exact opposite of what my dad does, and my dad's a, a miserable, mean motherfucker, and I don't want to be that. Right. When I ended up seeing Mick Ronson play guitar with Ian Hunter, uh, featuring the Ian Hunter band featuring Mick Ronson, and basically, you know, um, I got to see a guitar player that uh, every year, or sometimes even opening for the Kinks and Nassau Coliseum, just ruled that friggin' stage. Yeah. When I met him backstage at an Adam of Adam and the Ants concert, yo, Mick, and he, you know, he's there with his lady, and he was mad cool, made me feel good. Right. You know, I remember I met a fan that said, I was afraid you were going to be a jerk. I said, why would you think I'd be a jerk? Because your band means so much to me and would hurt me. And I told her, guess what? When I was a kid and I met musicians that meant so much to me, they acted like jerks. It hurt me. There's so nothing, I, will, nothing worse than I will never act like a jerk to yeah. someone that actually, you know, yeah. uh, 
But, I mean, there's some people that, uh, you know, say they're a fan of my band, and are you really racist? Like, you really don't get the parody of it, right. you know? And the, and they think we're pro-Democrats. No, we're anarchists. Right. We say they're both, you know, pieces of shit. Right now, we, we're hearing about this uh, journalist from Arabia, all right? More than the two American-born, and bred journalists that were droned to death yeah. by Obama yeah. got such tiny mention in the news, but you know, um, this uh, journalist from the Post, uh, Washington Post, that was uh, um, murdered, and it was obvious it was uh, you know uh, execution with the bodies, uh, you know, the body saw and all that stuff. I mean, yeah. come on. But um, what is the news giving you? I have to go to light treason news to find out that the United it's States... propaganda, dude. Well, I know, but to go to light treason news to find out that 10,000 American troops have been deployed to Syria with heavy artillery, and then you go and you put on CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, all, and not one mention of that. Right. You know what I mean? And yes, um, I, I don't want to say, you know, it's all fake news. It's just what America, how America reports the news in America, in the United States America, how we report the news, it would, it, it's illegal in other countries to be to report something that is so blatantly false. True. And all it is to do is to incite our basest instincts, the, you know, loss of impulse control, and just you know, start spouting hatred. And Reagan Youth, I think Dave, uh, um, Dave's Dave Insurgent was the most amazing lyricist, and it's not his singing. He didn't have an American Idol voice, but that guy could say so much with four sentences. Right. You know what I mean? And um, he, you know, um, was a great uh, person to not just sing, but with the stage banter. And that's essential, I think, now is to relate to people, you know, some sense of of decency, you know, I hate hate. When you take Reagan eat songs and you throw them in a pot and you mix it up, the song that rises to the top, the cream that rises to the top is I hate hate. Right. You know, yeah. and um, it's heavy. Yeah, and and the thing is, you know what? Um, it's so easy to hate. It's so easy to destroy. But go build something. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Go go build something worth uh, something that that's going to be there 20, 30, 40 years later. Mm -hmm. and, it's so, and it's so easy to, 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 to flap, and it's so easy to with a knee-jerk reaction every post on Facebook or whatever. And it's, it's not like, just that, but hey, you know right, what? But it's it's like, not, okay, but yeah. what are you really doing? It's like, okay, just I, yeah. I might not agree with certain things, but I'm not going to rail on it because I don't agree with it. At least whatever that person is doing is actually doing something. If I agree with it or not, it's their right to do that. Yes. But what am I doing? Hey, Hashtag and nonsense. Stop right, it. and like not, not, nothing. not just that, but um, all right. I, when I went to college, um, the professors 
uh, said we're going to have a debate. Everyone who's pro-Israel, you know, raise your hand. And, you, you know, and he wrote down their names. Everyone who's pro-Palestinian wrote down their names. Okay. Now, when you debate, everyone that picked uh, pro-Israel, you're going to be debating for the Palestinian side. And all you people that picked pro-Palestine, you're going to be debating for the pro-Israel side. Right. Wait, why? Because it's easy to argue a uh, argument you already believe in. Right. It's important to go and learn what the other side is saying. Absolutely. I also, Nobody wants to do that. Ever. Uh, I remember I had to take a, a class, and there was a class that didn't say much, didn't no description, but it was such a perfect time. And me and the other history students took it, and the teacher said, "Why'd you take it? Was it schedule?" And everyone knew it was a schedule. And he yeah. said, "Well, this whole semester we're going to be learning about." And he wrote Jews and went, Jews. Uh, no one would have took. I know that's why I fooled you into taking this. Right. Look, they've been in. They're in our lives. They've always been in our lives. Why not learn everything about them? Right. It wasn't anti-Semitic. It wasn't. You know. Um, it was just. Why don't you just learn about people right. that you live alongside? They've always been there. You know, Jesus Christ was Jewish. Right. So might as well just learn about them. Right. You know, and it was one of the most enlightening classes. And I, I think Americans, when they go up to John McCain when he was running a, against Obama, um, Os uh, uh, Obama is just a terrorist. No, he's not. No, he's not. I know him. He's a good family man. Obama's, uh, you know, they just say the the stupid. It's like they don't even know what a terrorist is. Right. Or sometimes you have Jewish people sticking up for Israel, all and they couldn't, and they couldn't even point it out on a map. I remember Dude, there was a, there, hold on there was there was a thing. This was probably about ten years ago now. It was like they showed like an unmarked map yeah. of the entire Middle East. Yeah, and they did like this poll between like kids from like sixteen to like thirty-two years old, and it was a difference. It was like how many the percentage of who knew exactly all about the Kardashians. Yeah. And, and and reverse to how many can point out Afghanistan on an unmarked map, and it was just such a landslide. It's like eight percent of people were able to point out the country in the Middle East on an unmarked map, but they knew everything about the Kardashians. Yeah, it's like right there. That's scary. It's scary. It's like where are your priorities? And it's like, yo, man, the, it, the dumbing down is in full effect. It's ridiculous. It drives me nuts. Not. The worst part is those people, those 92% that couldn't pick out Afghanistan are, have so much to say about it was America like or Iraq or one of those countries. Yeah, regardless. or Iraq or regardless. whatever. Regardless, they're, they're the ones that have so much to say because they're, Absolutely. Just, they're just repeating what they hear. Yes. From Alex Jones, InfoWars, or some, like, if it's, if it's, as, if it's as retarded, like a Paul Splash operation. Right. I, I think the Democrats mailed it to themselves or, you know, um, 
Um, I was watching um, this guy. It's about illegal immigrants. What about all the Europeans that overstay in America? Because they overstay their visas. Oh, well, that too. How come you didn't bring it up? Right. I mean, you don't hear anyone say that no. to the guy. No. And it's like, you know what? It'd be nice if we had some real discourse. I heard we need one unifying thing in a country, and that's the English language. No countries, you know, ever um, are able. Will they try to do that with Yugoslavia? Will they? They all speak the same language, so you could look what happened there. It's not a country anymore. And then you have Switzerland, where they speak three different languages. <laughs> yeah. Italian, French, and German. And they're doing better than America. And when they go on vacation, Paul, it's for two up. months. Paul's getting spocked up. It's for two months, not two weeks. You know what they tell me in Switzerland? How can you enjoy your vacation when it's only two weeks long? Because by the time you're just settling down on your vacation, you have to go home. Right. That's crazy. How can it be? Right. How can it be when people like I work three jobs, and, like it's something to be proud of? Right. That is not cool. And I've heard people say, well, do you pay your taxes? Yes, I've actually paid my taxes. Right. Has Donald Trump? Does anyone care? Why are they going after Wesley Snipes when this this criminal we have in the White House who does, doesn't even have an ambassador to uh, Arabia? I'm not going to even disrespect it by calling it Saudi Arabia. Did you ever hear of, um, you know, Alibaba and... Uh, the know, 40 Thieves. The 40 Thieves, yeah. And then there's uh, um, the Saudi Arabian Nights, or is it just Arabian Nights? Arabian Nights. Exactly. And when you look at a map, it's always been Arabia. Right. To call something Saudi Arabia, they have no legitimacy to the throne. Right. And the Iranians, the Shiite, are kind of, you know, they looked at the Quran, and there's nothing in the Quran that says monarchies are Islamic, because right. they're not. Right. And the, let's face it, the Saudi royal family has got to be the most, um, uh, the worst idea to have imposed uh, on a people, because they treat 98% of the population there like shit. Right. They won't go work those jobs for 30 40 $50 an hour. No. They let, uh, you know, people come from India and all that other Fuck that. And you know what? Arabs were always nomads. They moved around. It's not like, well, this part of the desert has always been mine. Right. That oil belongs to all the Arabs, right. not just one Saudi family. And how would that hurt America? Right. By having many more dealers dealing oil or just having those five dealers that you're in with? United Arab Emirates, yeah. Kuwait, yeah. Iraq. Um, Saudi Arabia and when Iran didn't want to be part of that deal anymore all they did is demonize these people yeah. who um, sound uh, like they're um, they, the way they make Iran sound is like it, it's some colony that America colonized even right. America is the colony that they colonized and is now acting out of control right. it's like it's not they've never been a colony uh, I saw in the news that a United States Navy SEAL was arrested in Serbia, and someone said, in two weeks he'll come out, you know, General Mattis. That was back in June. Right. You're never going to see that guy again. Of course not. And and, and, you, and, and 
Serbia wasn't treated, uh, you know, like America's ally. You know, that's yeah. Russia's ally. Sure. All right? A, a Serbians are like the Russians' little baby brothers. Yeah. You honestly think that Navy SEAL's going to come out? Oh, you're going to see. It's like Rambo. That's yeah. the movies. <laughs> yeah, of course. And how many people in America <laughs> look at the TV, look at Law & Order, and think that's, that's real? Of course. That's insane. It's insane. Yeah. And that just shows and you how understand. low. Um, the the dumbing down of the mass, ha- yeah, of the masses. of the masses. But what's crazy is that, like, I don't know. I think that mm-hmm. we're of the very, very of the minority, <laughs> and there's not very many people, even like my age group, who grew up in the same kind of circumstances as me. All this and that and the other thing, who completely don't see that. They subscribe to all of that stuff, and I don't get it. Like, what? Like, what is it? What they is it? need an op- opponent. It seems like they can't. They can't uh, wrap their head around. I'm just, that, uh, there is no opponent. The, listen, there's an ethnicity. I just don't subscribe to any yeah, of that. And I look, see right through it in look, two seconds. There's an ethnicity, right? There's a creed, what you believe in, an ethnicity, where you come from, a creed, and color. Now, I mean, now, they like to bring up the word race, racism. That implies an opponent. Right. All right. Uh, there's a race on against the English, against the Irish. Right. There's a race between the Croatians and the Serbians. Meanwhile, you can't tell them apart. If right. you just took a Serbian out of Serbian, a Croatian out of Croatia, put them in front of anyone, I can't tell the difference. No. Until they make their gang sign, which is, this is the Catholic gang sign, and this is the Serbian gang sign. There you go. It's, it's been a gang for over there for like 1,200 years. Yeah. It's like the Crips and the Bloods. They're both um, African-American. They're both black Americans. Yet you can't tell the difference until one wears a blue bandana and the other wears a red uh, flannel. Now, that's schism. That's the worst thing that that you have happening. People are literally separating over the silliest of ideas. Mm-hmm. God, I mean, listen, religion had a place back in the days when no one could read or write, no one had a calendar, and is it Tuesday or is it Wednesday? Hey. Who do you ask? Right. Who do you ask? There's only one person that knows that answer. Father? Yes. Yeah. What day is today? Today right. is, uh, you know, right. he, he had a role then. Right. What's their role in society now? Oh. And the police are still part of that 99%. Pasolini, a great film director, had a great philosophy on how the police are, uh, you know, the the salt of the earth, working class, and how they have been manipulated the worst. Um, I, you know, um, I I don't want to expound too much on it, but, uh, yeah, that's, you know, all of this stuff, like, in in a nutshell, everything that that we just spoke about. Right. Like, the solution, the solution, no one should hold any authority over anyone else. And that is anarchy. Right. What gives de Blasio what he's, he has more integrity than any of us? He's uh, better than us? You know, our, our fa- founding fathers. 
fathers were left with a question inheritance uh, should it just go the old way the conservative way when you die everything goes to the oldest son and Thomas Jefferson said if that oldest son can lift twice as much as the second son if he can run twice as fast but the father should be able to leave it to whoever he wants sure. and these are things that happen slowly over anarchy gives a solution because revolutions don't solve things you just remove one evil power out of the way and then uh, the new leaders eventually become corrupt because they have the authority the power if you remove authority and it's like well listen so I can go if your idea of freedom is blowing up your neighbor's car then you don't have any idea what freedom is freedom means I should be able to do what I want to do as long it does not hurt the welfare of others of society just in general okay and the way they've demonized um, in a lot of of, uh, evangelical Christians oh it's evil marijuana is evil no it's not God put it on its planet how dare you human demonize something that God put on this planet by the way Reagan by the way uh, plug Reagan Youth is playing Denver (laughs) on New Year's Eve and you guys have the best weed Uh, no offense Washington State (laughs) oh and by the way I know listen by the way, I know um, this uh, Reagan youth is not the same without Dave Surgeon, but it's not even the same century. Um, I tried playing Correct. with I, I tried playing with the guys from the 80s, uh, and all they kept saying is, "Now we can do all these things Dave never let us do." No, no. Now then it wouldn't be Reagan youth, right. and I think like a guy like Vic Venom who played guitar in Nausea but play, but did play bass in Reagan youth, he could have gotten. Reagan youth uh, together and played if he just stuck to the same philosophy that Dave, you know, always uh, made it a priority. And yeah, when I was a little kid, you know, in junior high, 14, 15, and hearing how much I sucked because rock was so big, I had that kid that uh, who was who knew so much more about music that was helping me, leading me in the right direction. And me and him, you know, what do you think of this? And I would think, oh, he's going to make fun of it. That sounds great. You came up with it? Yeah. Yes. Before you know it, we clicked. Right. We clicked musically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there's nothing more disheartening than when a musician would pick up an instrument, play something, and Dave would come over. Hey, what are you doing? Uh, you want to make a song out of that? No. Uh, I'm saving that for my uh, band. Mm. And this guy I said, let me get this straight. You mean this guy was playing music and Dave was ready to put some amazing lyric over it. And this guy said no. And I didn't even think of it in those terms. Right. It's like, yeah, yeah. And this guy will tag uh, Reagan youth on everything he does. Right. Meanwhile, all it was was just like arguments and fights. Right. And now there's only one band member that's there that actually falls in line with. All right. Uh, when she want, she said I want to be the bass player, and I said, well then learn uh, Green Grass and High Tides by the Outlaws and uh, Whip 'Em. 
composed by the Almonds. Right. And she took lessons, learned it, and she's been my bass player ever since. Tibby. Tibby, yeah. And you know what? Um, I played a gig in Maryland, and when I got off the stage, you guys said, so she's not up there for her good looks. She can play as good as any of you guys. Yeah. And Schechter, who have sponsored me with a couple of guitars, are now sponsoring Tibby and giving her a bass. Awesome. I want to put out one last Reagan Youth album. One last Reagan Youth album. I recorded a bunch of songs, and the singers are always bitch asses because they want to make the album to be about themselves. Yeah. Meanwhile, I, wanted to, I, I want this to be like, you know, uh, Reagan Youth revisited. And you know what? It's not just going to be about uh, the life and times of Dave Insurgent revisited, but New York City during the 80s, Reaganomics. All right. Um, uh, the first song, Hapless Misfits, we were playing. And, uh, uh, you know, very first song of the very first set. This is a new song. You can see everyone look at each other like, what is this shit? Yeah. And five, ten seconds into playing it, a pit has already started. Yeah. So you know that song's working. Where was the first place that Reagan Youth have actually had its first show? A7, and it was August, and I still see that. uh, uh, My sister took pictures, but mostly of me. August of what, 81? Uh, 22nd, 81, yeah. And we could have played earlier, but I went to Yugoslavia with my friend Russell that summer, so we played after when I came back. August of 1981. Yeah, but but when Reagan became president in 1980 with the election, that's when we started thinking around... uh, you know about Reagan youth right and we were rehearsing and rehearsing and then when we were ready to play hey I'm going to Yugoslavia with Russ for two fucking months or maybe right. it was just me it was a long time, some ago. time it was a long time ago but I remember <laughs> when I came home and the bass player was like that's fucked up you're going away and Dave said no it's fucked up that you're saying that right it's good that he's going away and experiencing you know and I got to go to Yugoslavia which doesn't exist anymore right. now it's what do they even call it now Croatia Slovenia Macedonia, Serbia, Bosnia, Herzegovina, right. uh, the um, uh, uh, Macedonia, which right. great Greeks hate because we're Macedonians. Well, yeah. they're calling that in Kosovo. Which Isn't that is, so weird? How it's like somebody somewhere along the line drew like these invisible lines and called it certain things. It's just like, it's, it's, well, it's, you know what? Those ethnic groups have always been there. Right. It's just that it's you know what? It's at um, the one thing about Yugoslavia that's so interesting. It's weird to three great religions meet. Right. All right. The Roman Catholics, the Greek Orthodox, and the Muslims all meet in a place called Bosnia. So it's like, here's this empire, here's that empire, here's that empire. And then you have these people that all look the same, but have decided to take three different, you know, gang affiliations. You know what I mean? Basically. Yeah. But that's the crossroads of the three great religions. Right. And um, you know what? I'm a Catholic, you know, um, but I know Serbians, and whenever I see them, they give me a, a death look, like you motherfucker. I apologize <laughs> for the concentration camps right. that the Croatians built. Uh, I tell them that Serbians didn't fight on the winning side of two world wars to be treated the way they have. Right. I know the other side of the story.
story like the college professor told me it's so important to know. I'm not just going to go uh, spouting that dumb one-sidedness. And uh, as a recovering addict, and rest in peace, peace, Todd Youth, rest in peace, Kenny Aarons, and rest in peace, Steve Soto from The Descendants, correct? Yes. He died too. What? Adolescence. I'm sorry, adolescence. I get the, you know what's messed up? I get those, I know each band. The sense thing. Adolescence. It's the the end of it. Uh, I'm so sorry. And uh, and I put up a Steve Sato when it's Soto. Um, Spell check sucks. Listen, we get it. All right. And um, basically, (laughs) you know what? I want to do this record. And when we went out to Europe, we did a song, The Beginning of the End. Again, three chords. um, The same three chords used in the verse, used in the chorus. So it's a real punk rock song. People sing along to it, and it's only three notes, and then it can pass as a Reagan Youth song. Beautiful. Okay, and the very first time I played a new song, it was called In the Thirsty Hour, and the chorus was, I'm thirsty, I'm thirsty, thirsty, I'm in the thirsty hour now, I'm thirsty. Kids started coming up on stage, never heard it before, and they went, I'm thirsty! Yeah. I'm thirsty! Because punk rockers drink, you know what I mean? So, um... When I went to record, of course, the singer only sang vocals on one song, which left several instrumentals, but the one song is called Lucky Seven. And the reason he sang was because he thought it was about him in the sense that it was about flaunting drug use. Right. supposed to be the uh, A side of a single and the B side in the thirsty hour, what happens when you fuck up on drugs. Right. But if you're willing, you can play... Uh, the one new Reagan Youth song I've been able to have put out in the last 13 years because uh, no one's willing to sing. Now, um, Louis from Antidote, Ralphie from um, from uh, the, Mob, the Mob, they're all willing to sing these new songs. Yeah. Not go on tour, but sing them and sing them correctly because right. they remember back in the day, and that's what I need. Yeah. Not some guy who's going to start singing it in his uh, band's fucked up way. Right. So somehow you're dilute, diluting the song, first of all, making right. it weak. And no one's going to say, oh, wow, that must that sounds great. Let me go find the other songs this guy's doing. Dude, you've been playing 20 years now and two people show up. Right. Each and every time you play. Right. After a while, it's not everyone's fault. Right. Sometimes you got to look at it, it's yours. And, you're not, and the yeah. disease of bad music, which is your band, cannot come and infect my band. Right. So you can play the Lucky Seven song later in your podcast. And just recently, I did a song I can never do with Reagan Youth because of the lyrical content. And it's called I Can't Get Enough. And I gave it to Beatrice because she does have that American Idol song, uh, vocal. And I get to sound like the Stooges and Johnny Thunders on a tune. Where, where can I find the, the, um, the Lucky Be- Seven song? Beatrice, why don't you help them with oh, the links? It's, it's everywhere. It's okay. on YouTube, okay. SoundCloud. Yeah, I'll, I'll get it. To, I'll get it to my guy, my, my my friend Tim, who hosts yeah. the the Ill Street News podcast in Philly. He like 
edits and not, yeah. not really, well, I don't edit anything, but he, but you know, he can't find, puts things together. Yeah. And he'll edit, so I'll make, sure, yeah, and, I'll make sure that, also, I, that he puts I, it at the end. And also, I can't get enough. I can't get enough is the the song that she um, that she has. Sorry, you're doing something with it. Um, but those <laughs> two songs, because because what do you call um, <laughs> the guy sang only on one song, Lucky Seven. It's about drugs, and guess what? He's no longer with us. You know why? Because he died of drugs. Uh, of there you go. Yes. You know what I mean? And there's a song, uh, Necrophilia. Joe Rifkin, you know, yes. uh, is part of the the, um, the story. I'm not mentioning Joe Rifkin's name, but the lyrics that I have, the only place I want to get off in is in my dead baby's coffin. Oh, feel so young, feel so fresh when my throbbing cock meets oh, ice-cold flesh. Necrophilia, yeah. necrophilia. Yeah, but people it's not as bad as it seems. Necrophilia, right. necrophilia, a mortician's wet dream. I'll be your butcher, I'll be your baker, oh then God. I'll be your undertaker. Now, you know what? If the misfits sang that, you know, they would think that's really clever and cute and all right. that. But you know what? Again, we're singing a song that harkens back to the 80s. Right. So there's going to be a misfitsy twist and people, on the song and people that deals with Joe Rifkin. And people will get it twisted and pinch Harry pick what they want but and the, be offended but by But you want to know something? It's still going to be three chords. And the same three chords that you go with the verse are the same three chords used in the chorus. Right. Not in the same sequence, but that's what punk rock is. Right. Three chords. And you know what? It doesn't matter because you know how many metalheads are going to get into that? Oh, yeah. You course. know? And when you go to Europe, they have those metal... Uh, punk rock festivals. festivals yeah, All right, yeah. so you know what? Uh, and time is the ultimate judge, not what some douchebucks say now. Right. Let's see what people are saying about it 30, 40 years. Because when I finally got on the internet in 2005 and I typed in my name and my band's name, I, 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 I couldn't believe there was 100 pages. Six months after I logged into the internet, six months later, I logged into Google. It was always Yahoo. I didn't know there was another. The search engine. It took me six months. You know, like, you're better off. There's even more? I was sometimes, like, there's even more? Sometimes you're better off. Yeah, I was like, shit, there's even more shit like that? And um, <laughs> I just want to say, you know, Reagan Youth was always part in your cardcore until that promoter, Chris Williamson, showed up. Right. And then... What year was this? 85. Around. And okay. he was throwing those rock See, hotel shows. Okay. We played two rock hotel shows. One was at the World. And Adrenaline, Adrenaline OD had just played. Right. And Chris Williamson said, yeah, I had a cut their set short. Uh, they had 20 songs. I cut them after 10. Uh, you're going to have to cut your set short. And Dave and me were like, we have eight songs. Oh, then there's not a problem. But after our fifth song, Joey Shithead was yelling, get him the fuck off the stage. And we did a song called The Heavy Metal Shuffle. Now, I love this song, but Dave wasn't doing it. He said, you want you want to do it, Paul? You got to put on a blonde wig, go out by yourself, do a you know rock thing, and introduce me. Oh. So I did it so we could do the song and um, when uh, they said one more song, Dave said they said we only have one more song. It was a collective, ah. Uh. Uh, and Dave said, well, I guess it's going to have to be a half-hour Grateful Dead song. Uh, and they all went, fuck yeah. <laughs> so we won that one. Right. And it was our home turf. Yeah. Now when I go and play with the Deccanis out in California, they're missing Jello. 
Dave is no longer with us. All right, their singer is still alive. He, they just—he doesn't want to play with the Kennedys. Right. To me, it's—it's it's kind of fair, you yeah. know. Yeah. Except they've been playing together since '84, and when we play with them, and the fans, pretty much everyone knows which one was tighter. It's, right. It wasn't like we came after them right. because I just got this singer a week ago, and I haven't even done a rehearsal with them. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, it's like that. Right. Now the second show with Rock Hotel, um, Chris Williams said, said we're going to go after, uh, uh, no, we're going to go before um, Murphy's Law. And Dave was like, nah, fuck that shit. We've been around a lot longer than Murphy's Law. Fuck that shit. And big arguments. Suit. Well, we got to play after Murphy's Law. And then after we played, the place kind of emptied out. Right. But during our set, Dave said to the audience, I don't know if you realize this, but Andy Warhol is mm-hmm. here, and he pointed at him up in the rafters, right? Wow. And he said, we don't know if he's our enemy, we don't know if he's our friend, right. but there he is. And of right. course, the New York hardcore scene, woo, catcalls, everything, toss and shit. After the set, Chris Williamson is pushing Dave, and Dave has his arms folded, like, defiantly. Go Go thank Andy Warhol for, you know, uh, showing up. Go thank him. Dave's saying no. Go thank him. And it's back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. So I show up and I put my arm around Dave and I point to Andy Warhol. And I said, doesn't that look exactly like that faggot Andy Warhol? And Chris Williamson was like, fuck you guys. And we were like, (laughs) fuck you. And don't think beforehand we weren't thinking, what is this old guy doing on this New York hardcore scene and it, I know I'm old guy now right but the hardcore scene's been around since like what 1979 1980 something like, yeah, right something like that so when it's 1985 and the guy's 50 and you don't really remember him from 82 or 83 right now there was an old guy as in Jerry Williams who did our sound he was the sound man for the bad brains for us he was great he engineered our record our first record everyone loved yeah, he's an old guy, but, I mean, he was kind of always there. My physics teacher, a Grateful Dead guy, was our roadie. Right. He used to drive us around, so, you know, they were older guys, but this was an old guy who pretty much said, we're, you know, we're a scene, but I'm the head honcho of the scene, right. and Dave, as an anarchist, and me being his sideman in the anarchist band, didn't take kindly to it. Right. The rest of New York hardcore fell in in line along with that and in the same time we were now persona non grata uh, and you could go look at um, Reagan Youth playing Tompkins Square Park you know when it was still a band shell I think it's 87 and you yeah. punch in that same date and you could see when Nausea plays who were, you know you could see the crowd double in size and who made the crowd double in size New York Heart they they actually left when we are playing, and then when we're done playing, they came back. You know, um, 
you know, we just went to California after that and played a shitload of nice shows. And when you go to California, they don't know anything about Charlie and Andy, the original uh, rhythm section from high school, or Al Pike and Steve, the best lineup we ever had that played. The, we, we were the very first band to play the very first hardcore matinee CBGBs. It was Reagan Youth. And, you know, Who else was on that bill? Uh, I, I can't remember, but... Uh, Anybody? I don't know, but if you ever, you know, went and, you know, did the, you know, um, looked at the very first one... It, yeah, where it am I going to find that? You were there. You can't tell me? No, <laughs> but you know what? Someone told me that. You know, you don't realize that, do you? No, I don't. Oh, okay. Or like, someone gave me a picture. Do you remember the guy? And he was crying. It's like, I'm on stage playing. Yeah, How I do I know what's going on out there? Right, I don't you know, know. Yeah. but the point is, I, you know, I. it's nice to get this information disseminated, but New York hardcore is important to me. You know, yeah. I remember um, Cousin Joe asked uh, for Reagan to play uh, Super Bowl of Hardcore, and I said, I just got rid of my singer, you know? And he's like, no, but, you know, and it's like, I, no, I can't. I wish. You he's know how played, bad. You never played a Super Bowl? I, um, I was supposed to play bass with Urban Waste, but they, they had a problem with their drummer, John I'm saying Reagan Youth never no, played No, Reagan Youth hasn't, but we wow. we will, or we would. Yeah. And you know how I'd like to do it with new songs that have people start a pit as soon as they hear it, or this other song, the drummer said, Paul, that's like any town. Every time you play it, people just go crazy. Yeah. These are going to be the songs that I want to release. Gotcha. And you know what? Um, when I release them, I want to give Dave a different ending. You know what I mean? Yeah. As opposed to just what happened to him. Right. Here is the band giving you props now for everything you gave us. How long is he gone us. now? He died in 94, right. uh, 2004, 14. So it's been 20, like 24 years. Yeah. It's going to be 25 years. Wow. It's going to be a quarter of a century. That's crazy. And, and you know what? He was, um, you know what? Um, I think uh, it's a shame that he's not here to see how much love this band gets. And when I go and I see a guy with his newborn son and he has a quilt and a box in the quilt is a Reagan Youth box, points to his son, I'm going to teach my grandson about, you know, Reagan Youth. And he's not talking about my guitar solos. He's talking about anarchy, all right? Freedom, real freedom. And what's crazy is that the last couple of people that I did this show with it was Johnny Waste and, and John Watson. It's like when you, when Reagan Youth was first formed down in A7 and all that stuff, yeah. like you guys had no idea that right now in 2018 you would be talking to me about this. No, and, and me, which, which and is me and so Dave, crazy. Yeah, and me and Dave you were said re- no idea. No, and me and Dave had an idea. At, now we were going to be grown ups going after organized religion with House of God. These lyrics were hot, okay? Do you believe that a heaven lies beyond the skies? Do you believe that the holy book is filled with lies? Do you believe that the absolute can be denied I mean he's coming up with some fucking hot and heavy stuff and we played an 8 minute masterpiece in that band show that's on YouTube and uh, half the crowd left because they were New York hardcore and it was you know like lemmings let's all follow each other that's the worst yeah you know and it's and it's funny because you know what it's like 
Um, they like to act like, well, if Dave was in the band, we we would show up. Motherfuckers weren't showing up. Right. You know, um, back yeah. then, and there's video proof of it. Right. Now, yeah, when we were 16, 17, 18, we were raking youth and we were cute, we were doing it. And then as we got older, uh, people got bored of us or didn't like that Jesus was a communist song. And we did that while the Soviet Union was still intact, by the way. Right. We, just because we released it, and the songs we released, you have to understand, on our initial recording, we chose those songs because we thought they all fit in together nicely. Right. The second album was, what are all the songs we ever did? Let's throw them on an album. Right. And we didn't include a House of God song. Right. And we ended it with a song called Back to the Garden, which was the song I came up with when I was 14. And Dave wasn't even there, but it was like kind of like a hint of where we were going to go. Right. And someone left a comment on when we were playing in the beginning in Washington Square Park some wrote this is the beginning of grunge right. and I thought we would have fit into that arena rock you know um, because Reagan you to me is always we're gonna give you arena rock um, quality in that basement in that backyard right. in that you know because not only are are the lyrics gonna be spot on you know but so so is the music and yeah. Dave the way he, you know, envisioned the band, he didn't create something new, but he made sure that he wasn't going to be the only one getting props. Paul, why isn't there a guitar, guitar solo for this song? Really? I got to write another guitar solo for this? You need another guitar solo for this. And you know this for a fact. You know how many guitar solos are on um, 10,000 Years From Now? That's another great lyric for our yeah. House of God. What yeah. will the heavens allow 10,000 years from now? Um, will there be um, a soil left to plow 10,000 years from now? Yeah. Or I mean, Just amazing stuff. Yeah. Something um, that will actually make you think. Or Urban Savages. If you actually had to take the time yeah, to listen to think. and think. Yeah. And Urban Savages, it has tribal drumming. <laughs> We're urban savages. Yeah. No one can manage us. Yeah. We gotta rock the street. Yeah. Corporate corruption polluting up my brain. You know, yeah. it, it, that urgency. And uh, I told this uh, person, you know, it's called urban savages. Right. You know, as tribal uh, dry, uh, drumming, uh, you know, tribal drumming savages. You know, that's racist, right? And I said, oh, God. no, I said, I guess you never seen the band's t shirt or yeah. artwork. Yeah, it's, uh, God. you know, everyone jumps right yeah, yeah, but, uh, no, but I guess you never seen any of the artwork or the, you know, right. here we are trying to, and believe me, what we're doing, it's a great song, right. you know what I mean, and uh, it's very important to me, but he gave the drums, a ch uh, the drummer a chance to show off. Right. When um, uh, the drummer and the bass player are locked in, I rip my solos. When uh, me and the drummer are locked in, the bass player, Tibby, is... Uh, showing off. That's right. why I'm able to jump off stage and hear someone say, so she's not up there just for looks. Right. She can play as good as any of you. Yeah. Yes. You know, looks are good. She has the, the, the cutest tushy out of any of them up on stage. Not I mean, tushy. No, no. She's got a nice, perfectly shaped tushy up there, and she's beautiful to look at and all that, but her bass playing is off the charts, and that's why she's getting... She sings for your band. No, she plays my, she plays bass. But anyway, anyway, the point I'm making is, thankfully, Schechter has, you know, noticed her, her, um, her bass.
bass playing prowess and has blessed her. And modest Tibby, as she is, she didn't take the most expensive one they were offering her. She took the mid-priced one. You know, Tibby, yeah. you're worth that expensive one. Uh, it's okay. We'll, yeah. we'll get you something cool anyway. Yeah. And uh, I told her to get the Fender Mustang because it's kind of like petite like her. Uh-huh. And, um, uh, ever, you know, she's been my bass player ever since. And we play um, Whipping Post. We needed to play it once. We were in the South. It's a Southern song. And when Greg Wallman died, we put it up. And right. there's, only tw- there's only 12 people at Churchill's. Yeah. But even the people at the bar, they're just all like, you know, like, whoa, they're just, you know, you can't. And the sound man starts messing with the lights. They're like, you know, there's only 12 people there, but you got each there, each one of theirs attention like right. something fierce. Right. Now, there's four reactions you can get. Booing. Right. Applause. Um, that, you know, uh, state of shock, like I can't believe what I'm seeing, or the worst one, and that's when people just ignore you and have a conversation as you're playing. Oh, that's the worst. All right, booing, at least they're acknowledging you, all right? Standing there in a state of shock, believe it or not, they're acknowledging you really hard. Right. You know, applause, that's the nicest one, you know, and then there's the, hey, let's, uh, so what's been going on with you? Uh, you know, what? Yeah. That's well, people are on their phone. Yeah, yeah, that's the worst one. Yeah, the worst. You know, so you want to go out there and give people um, not just you know a show. Yeah. You want them to like be wow. You yeah, know, sure. and um, you know I try to do that all the time with my band. And who wants to see a band play the same set every time when you come to see them? And uh, you know what? I'll always try to like you know up things. And the most important thing that I got to do now is is um, have this last Reagan Youth album come out and make sure every single song can stand on its own, that every single song from that record can be thrown into our set list and there won't be any, you know, uh, ripples and everything will, like, you know, flow into another. Right. And, uh, you know, again, so far, only one song, a demo, but it's recorded really well. All right. And then I have a song that I just did with her, and hopefully the next time uh, we do this in the future, uh, I'll have a new, uh, at least a bunch of new songs. Maybe not a whole record, but maybe a bunch of new songs that you're going to see are Fast, loud, uh, kicking, uh, uh, bitching. Uh, <laughs> Not bitching. Bitching. <laughs> like, yo, the, yo, did you see that? Did you see the. That word. No, no, no. Uh, bitching. Bitching. Like, yo, did you see that bitching? Uh, that bitching uh, um, rims on that. You know? I know what you mean. You know what I mean. I know, but that word is just terrible. <laughs> no, but for guitar solos, it's good. I was doing a bitching guitar solo, right? right. So bitching there, but yeah. Um, uh, thank you for having me on. Yeah, no I think this is great. I want one of your creepy crawl champions. Uh, oh yeah, it's my uh, my, my spawn range creepy crawl champions. I, I want something with creepy crawl on it. Uh, big big, fan, I'm a big fan of Charlie Manson. Listen, family. Big big uh, shout out to Jamie Jimmy G, uh, Steve Poss, yeah, um, uh, Paul Bearer, 
Jimmy, Jimmy G, if you're listening, I gotta get you on here, buddy. Yeah, come on, Jimmy. And also, Louie from Antidote, as well as Drew from Antidote. Yeah, um, Drew, Drew, Drew was on this thing twice. Good. Twice. Yeah, he, well, he had one, one solo episode, and then one he came back with Michael Alago to promote the documentary. Oh, cool, cool. That's a great documentary that he's working on. And um, The Nuns, my fellow guitar playing friend, and uh, Urban Waste crew, and um, um, rest, rest, in peace, in, Todd, re- rest and power Todd. I met Todd at um, the Viper Room. He came up to me, and he said, we met before, and I said, no, we no, we haven't. You know, right. come on, he's 70 years younger than me. I'm 21. I'm going to talk to that 14-year-old. Realistically, that didn't happen back then. Right. I wish I could say it did, but I said, but I got a chance to meet you now, right. and it was, um, that was our, like, sixth show in five days, and we, even back in the day, the second show of the day, we never sounded good, and I know uh, we sounded like shit, but that's not important. What's important was that I got to meet the most talented, the greatest New York hardcore guitar player New York hardcore ever has had. No offense, no offense to um, all the other guitar players out there, but Todd, but Todd Youth was the best of the best, and she knows I have a fucking ego that's out of control. You know, I, I'm the best this, I'm the best that, I'm the best this, but Todd Youth was the best guitar player of the New York hardcore scene by far. We, um, he's, he will be missed. Fireburn was a very interesting project. Yeah. It's disappointment that we're not going to see that come to fru- uh, fruitation. Um, I don't know what else to say except keep your heads up, and I know the song that Madame St. Beatrice is going to be um, playing on your podcast because I played the guitar and bass on it is all about flaunting drugs. But um, that's just a fun party song. Right. Um, it's all tongue in cheek. Yeah. And the, take a yeah. and the other song, Lucky Seven, is about flaunting drugs. But again, you need that B-side in the Thirsty Hour that shows how you can go from flaunting drugs and having a great times to being that homeless person that's freaking out because none of the bodegas wants to turn your food stamps into money. Right. Yeah. Okay. I don't know how to put it any simpler than that. Stay strong, all my uh, brothers and sisters. Okay. Where, where can they find all the Reagan Youth stuff online and all the um, there, there is a Reagan Youth uh, website. Uh, what's, really, uh, what's really great about it is the website contacted me and they said... Uh, there's a Reagan Youth fan at this website. You don't have to pay for it. You know, it's like, oh, space. yeah, like, you know, you don't have to pay your monthly fee. We got that covered. You know, go awesome. Reagan Youth, you know. Reagan but, Youth uh, We don't, uh, we don't Reagan sell. Youth, Reagan Youth, da- what is it? Dash. Minus sign. Reagan Youth. Yeah, Reagan dash. Youth. Oh, Reagan, Reagan minus sign youth. Dot com. Dot com. Okay. And Instagram, it's Reagan Youth Official. Just search it up. Yes. Yeah. And uh, you know what? Um, just, just search. If, if you listen, if, if we have to spell out how to search things at this point in 2018, yeah. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, and you know what? Um, I'm, I don't know what I'm really going to work hard on this on this new record because I've been playing the same old songs for 13 years, and trust me, it's driving me fucking nuts. I hear you. You know what? And uh, peace on to us all out there. Jimmy's a great host. Uh, I feel blessed to be on Blast Furnace Productions. 
Anytime, my man. And we applause ourselves. Can you look directly at the camera? Have a good one. Have a good one. All right, and we're going to take a picture. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh... And we'll take another standing up. Yes, yeah. We're over here now.
The guy stiz is an asshole, I know, but anyway, I'm out here, my pit bull just had puppies. Now, you could buy one of these pit bull puppies from me, or you could lend me a hundred bucks, I'll pay you sometime next Oh!